Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, folks, episode three. Here we go. We got Quan Cosby, Nick Kreider, Alex DeSopolis, and I'm Joshua Fisher. This is the Horns Up podcast, talking Texas. So get your horns up. Here we go. Horns up, talking Texas podcast episode three. We're ready to go. We're at you. It's the heart of August. We are just weeks away. We're counting down the minutes and the days of September fourth, where our boys in burnt orange hit the floor and hopefully pound some heads and make a statement like we did the top of the year last year. Uh, but before we even get into any football, because we do obviously do mostly football, the Olympics just wrapped, and we were talking in our group text today. Twenty six Texas alumni or current Texas athletes in the Olympics total and had texas been its own country like the united states um they would have nine total medals five gold i think they were would have been 26th in total medals for countries and 17th for golds which Incredible. i i didn't look up i admittedly didn't look up any other university but i can't imagine yeah. anybody else is like ma- matching that i know so the florida has like all the swimmers and the yeah. fish um, but for us, I mean, it's pretty remarkable and it's kind of crazy that not everybody was representing the United States. We had Stacey Ann Williams with bronze, the four by 400 for Jamaica. Yep. One of the gold medalists, Julia Grosso was for Canada. She's a soccer player. Um, but Katie wins his third Ryan Krauser goes back to back. Ariel Atkins, one of the youngest in the women's hoops, Chiaka Ugbogu, uh, wins golden volleyball. She's one of the best volleyball players we've ever had. And one other didn't win a medal. But Melissa Gonzalez, I don't know if everyone saw, but David Blau is her husband, and he's like the third, second, or third string quarterback for the Detroit Lions. And he had a whole watch party for her when she was doing the hurdles for the qualifiers. And that's the video where he's cheering and going crazy, and she's running for Columbia. She's from Texas, but she ran for Columbia. And she qualifies, and he goes nuts, and everyone goes nuts with him. It was one of the most heartwarming videos of the Olympics, but it took place in the Detroit Lions practice facility, which <laughs> if you had asked me at the top of the ceremonies, if that's what that was, was almost going to bring me to tears from the Olympics. I, I don't I would have been shocked, um, but what a great showing. But, and uh, also we, who else do we have? We had Kat Osterman softball win a silver. And I, this is her third. I think our, she won her third medal and like first medal in 04 for softball, which is kind of nuts. Tiana yeah. Davis won on uh, the four by 100 for a silver there. Um, Crazy showing by Texas. And when you win, for those who don't know, I assume most people do if you're listening to this, if you win as a Texas alum, Towers Burnt Orange, which to me is one of the coolest traditions in any university. It's a life goal of mine to have that 
you know, be the reasons. I don't know how it's going to happen. I think I'm a little <laughs> past, I'm infinitely past my prime playing sports. That happens when I was four. Um, yeah, Oscar. But they, yeah, exactly. They're, oh God, Chuck yeah, and Pray. There is a guy on our show, uh, not named Nick or Alex or Josh, that has had the tower lit orange for him. So Quan. And the one mm, on there, baby. What's the feeling like there, man? Man, it was funny you say that. I, that's actually my lock screen. You know, I, I, it's a big deal uh, to get the tower lit. And the one thing when I was doing radio on the sideline, I'd leave. And when you win, they'd only like the top of it. That is equally cool to me. I mean, it's so freaking awesome. Lighting the tower. And how many folks we had in the freaking Olympics. That was, that was big time. Because I know we had a long jumper, too. It's our very first one. Mm-hmm. And I think she got fifth. So, you know, very first time. Uh, represented well. Uh, her name starts with a T, Terror or something like that. But just insane. Ryan, dude, we talk about winning goals, one thing. But – he obliterated his record in shot put, you know, and we have Michelle Carter, who's a, a longhorn talking about it, literally in shot. You go back to the four by one and the different things that people was represented. You had Sion Richards Ross talking. And that was the cool piece for me. I'd hear somebody. I was like, I know that voice. Oh, that's Sonia. Oh, that's cool. You know? And then I'm like, Oh no, I know that voice. Oh, that's Michelle Carter. And so the, the amount of burnt orange in Tokyo has been Freaking sweet. It's, it's been awesome. Very well represented. So I'm sure there's some schools out there. Honestly, from a track standpoint, that school east of us had a few people as well. Yeah. But uh, n- not on our level, as usual, and certainly happy about all of it. It's, and getting that freaking tower lit is, I know why it's, it's, it's a bucket lister, because it's one of the coolest things, I think. By the way, hey, so we're not, we at one point, and this is pretty funny, we were the only school that kind of did that. Mm-hmm. Other people like stuff and all that. There's a school on the East Coast when they win football games, they now light a tower that they built last year, baby blue or sky blue. Mac Brown? Coach Brown implemented that in North Carolina now. And I will say, it looks awesome. Does it, it look sweet? Cool. I didn't even notice that. It's so <laughs> freaking sweet, dude. It's the bell or something they have on campus that when they win games or, or, or whatever now, they light the entire bell blue. Similar, it's, it's not our tower, but it is its own version of it. And it looks sweet. And so- um, The best color in sports. It dude, really it is. is. Dude, it looks so dude, blue swag. I, yeah. I cannot argue that, but uh, no, nah, I mean, it's, it's pretty cool. And I'm proud of all of our, our Longhorns taking care of these. Yeah, we want to shout Joseph Schooling too, who competed um, and he didn't, he had one, the first gold medal for Singapore last Olympics. We had had Joseph on our other program. Uh, great. Actually really cool dude. He didn't qualify um, for the medal race and people were giving him flack, which is just so nuts that they're like, have him on a pedestal one day and then they're giving him flack. I mean, Quan, you've gone through that. I'm sure we're like, okay, you know, everyone's hailing Cosby and next thing you, your game's not as good as last week and everyone's bringing the thunder down on you. And it was like, <laughs> it's so funny to me. It's like, dude, you didn't place in the Olympics. I'm like, Hold on. So he got invited to Tokyo means one of the best athletes in the, on the planet, <laughs> but you're saying he's awful because he didn't make the top three or she didn't make, come on now. Yeah. You know I mean? I, there's a lot of uncle Rico's out there, but you're not going <laughs> to, you can't do it. You, how can you, I play professional ball and I still am very hesitant to talk. I can put, I'll point out the obvious. Somebody drop a punt, drives me crazy. Somebody drop a pass, drives me crazy. But I'm not going to be like, oh, that person sucks. 
No, they're at the top of. No, they probably have bigger contracts than me, so they're at the top of their game, and and no one's perfect at it. So, man, it's 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 fascinating when all that happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's just the oxymoron. I'm like, yeah, you could say that person's, you know, garbage, but then you have to quickly turn around and say, yeah, if a, in, a, in a thousand tries and a hundred mile per hour fastball is blowing right past me, even if I even stay in the batter's box for the thousand tries, I may just be out of, <laughs> I may see 20 from Araldis Chapman and go home. Like, I've seen enough here, but it is kind of crazy that, you know, people just kind of give him flack. But obviously, what he did was amazing. And the people always forget in swimming and in gymnastics, like, those are sports where, it's kind of a young person's like Phelps is the outlier. It's kind of a young person's game. Like there's people that are like 14 years, like Phelps was 14 when he jumped in the Olympics, I believe like there's young, there's one of the swimmers was like about to start her freshman year. Like it's, it's a young person's game. So Joseph was 26. So shout out to him. Awesome dude. What he did last night was amazing. Well, I guess we could try to transition this into, I know Quan, you wanted to talk about recruiting. We well, all wanted to talk about recruiting, but you wanted to specifically get into the NIL before we get into any team stuff and what you saw at practice this past weekend. And it's crazy that there's, there's so many rules and Julia Grosso who's representing the Canadian soccer team, but plays for UT soccer. She can't participate in the NIL because she's not American and neither can our punter. And now I'm even more confused by what's going on that we're not allowing. It's crazy. We're not allowing American kids to do this. It's It's, like, it's crazy. So that's one of the issues. And and I think to a certain degree, the legislation passed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Unfortunately, like a lot of things that, that from a legislative standpoint is passed, but I'll tell you what, let's, I digress. Let's go back to Zuckerberg being on uh, Capitol Hill and our senators not knowing how Facebook makes money um, literally asked him that question. That's what I think to a certain degree with this. There wasn't a lot of ex-athletes or people who care enough. I mean, we all like, I'm sure our senators and legislators like sports. That's why they got a little bit involved and all that, but they just don't know how it actually worked. And the true, as I say, under the umbrella, you know, rubber on the road piece of it, it's crazy to exclude these amazing athletes coming from different country, which, by the way, is a great thing. You're still giving them they're getting a U.S. education, college education, all this good stuff. So it's just a mess. And now then you take it to UT. I got a text the other day and someone was like, why are we falling so far behind on this? I you got Nick Saban talking about his backup quarterback making an insane amount of money. I am not necessarily for this, but you have a kid in South Lake Carroll skipping a senior year to go to Ohio State because of how much money he's making. First of all, he lives in South Lake, so he didn't need it. He's doing all right, but he still made that choice. And so it's, I don't, we better figure it out because we're going to a league, in my opinion, and this is 100% my, actually, I was recruited, so maybe it's a little bit more than opinion. The SEC's been doing NIL before NIL was around. Oh, yeah. So they're light years ahead of us on taking care of their players on that level. We chose an amazing university because we love the university. I got recruited in the Southeast. And, um, yeah, they've been doing this way before it was legal. And so we better better pick it up. And I think that's my biggest frustration in watching. We honestly, in my opinion, are kind of, we're adding steps to it opposed to embracing it. And, and I promise you Saban hates NIL. But in perfect Saban fashion, I can't control it. Now I need to be the best at it. And I just, I don't yeah. hear about these great deals uh, that our players are getting. 
And that's not a really administrative UT problem. And, you know, it factors in a little bit on some of the red tape. But I, to me, that's a donor issue. That's an alum issue. It's their likeness. UT is not forking out any money. They can't. That's still against the rules. But our alumni, we all want to win. We, we all want to take care of business. We are in the University of Texas, one of the biggest endowments on the planet. We have yeah. a lot of great business people. Dip enough pockets for sure. That school out east, we lit a fire in the Aggies. They, they were denied. They would say we were doing it anyway. But that SEC talk that we've talked about in, in previous podcasts, we lit a fire and they are killing us in recruit. Today. That's not a Sark problem. He's fresh. His staff, they worked their butt off. I know all of that. But when we get to there, if I say there's a pillar of three things, school, city, NIL, I would say that's it. Now, when I say school, a lot of things fall up under it. Winning, um, coaches, facilities mm. fall up under it. The program the itself. NIL is in the top three of anything going on in recruiting, in my opinion. You better be talking about NIL. And I think that's where we're missing. And I think that's where why we've missed a fair share of pretty top recruits in the state lately. Well, do you think it's an issue in the sense that like he, he Sark Sark and there is the allure of Texas, but he's still got to get his feet wet. Oh, yeah. Implementing sure. the new system. He's got to pick his quarterback. I mean, there's so much that's going into the season already. Yeah. So is that also a factor of what's setting us behind combined with the NIL? Uh, like, has he really gotten has he really gotten his head head start? I, I think they've done a, a really good job from that standpoint. I think winning cures everything. Uh, talk to, to yeah. coaches about that yeah, forever. And and it, they take care of business this year. The unknown uh, for at least some of the, the Big 12 should help us, in my opinion. But I think winning cures everything. So he is going to have to still prove himself. And I, I'm 100% sure that he doesn't think he's just going to walk in here and just get to choose like he did at Alabama. We're not there. We don't have a championship in the last 10 years. Um, we have four total as a school, if we're being really honest about where we are. So they're going to have to work and winning is going to help. But at this stage, what can help him? And that's why I talk a lot about the NIL. What can help him that is perfectly legal right now and getting recruits. I mean, Ohio State's going to have four or five five-star quarterbacks in one room. And this one still leaves early to go join them. That's because of NIL. That's why he did it. I mean, he. I mean, why would you rush to to go if he's good enough? Maybe he'll start. But why would you rush to go join four other five star quarterbacks trying to figure it out? Yeah, you did. He did it because of nil. So that's yeah. you know kind of my two cents on why it, it's in the top three now. It wasn't before, but now it's in the top three big things that you're going to have to discuss, figure out. And the school out east actually, Aggies even hired a full time nil person getting ahead of it. Kudos to them. I thought that was very smart. Um, yeah. And I don't know that we have that. So we need I just, that. I'm super fired up about it. We have to do better and get better in that space because I feel like right now at this point, it's, I think it's losing us recruits. Absolutely. These kids have the option to hire their own agents or are they, are they making these deals on their own? So really it, it, that's the other inconsistency of it. It depends on the school. Um, I know UT kind of do it with a, with an email. You can send requests in adding more steps, but again, maybe they could track a little bit better there, but no, you, if you're a donor, you can reach out to the kids by themselves. So when I play baseball, I couldn't hire an agent. I can have an advisor. And so that's what some of them are utilizing as an advisor. They can't sign with them. They can't talk 
crazy stuff and contracts and the whole agent type stuff, but they can have an advisor, kind of a marketing side of it to do it. And, and, and even the only other thing I will say that, but with NIL, separate than NIL, I'm all for getting folks from everywhere. But my humble opinion is, and we won the natty with Texas kids. Oh, yeah. And I don't want to tell anyone how to do their job. But if I'm going to get a three star from another state, I feel like we have plenty of Texas three stars that yeah. have been pretty dang good. Colt McCoy is a three star winning his quarterback of all time at one point. Uh, and a dude from Boise State pass. I'm going to put an asterisk on that because <laughs> I'm biased. But the um, <laughs> again, my second go around, I was a three star. Um, a lot of three stars who turn in. I mean, uh, our lineman, my man Cosme, was a three star from this state who ended up being an All American. So yep. it's just a weird. We're in a really interesting space now that I'm paying a little, not not much different, a little more uh, attention because of NIL to recruiting, and I just think we have a pretty strong class coming up in 2022. But we keep missing, and some of our folks, which is the most alarming, are decommitting. And and I think that's that that that's that's a problem to me. And we're still great. Heck, we got a new South End Zone. We have all this different stuff. So what is the what is making these folks change their mind? And in my opinion, I think it's some of the NIL deficiencies that that I feel like we have. Yeah, we have three. Do you know, I was just gonna say, do you know in uh, in Aggieland that indiv- that individual who got hired? to basically act as that in that advisor capacity? Are they hired by the university or are they hired like outside of the university to work on the university's behalf? Hired by athletics. Hired. Okay. Uh, athletics. Yeah. Said, I mean, I feel like that's, that's it right there, right? Like you need the person that, or multiple people who can bridge that gap. Like you're saying from the donors to the athletes. Um, Cause this is not communication that's happened before. I mean, it, it feels like a pretty, and there are people who are chomping at the bit who, who we, as like, we were students at UT, those are the people we probably met, right? Like those are the people that know the kids that know the athletes and know what they want. And it's just a matter of like, yeah, they're not the same people who are in those boardroom conversations of like where we want to spend our marketing and advertising budget. But those companies need to figure out that that's one of the best ways that they actually can market whatever their product or or company especially if it's Texas local kids, like what you're talking about. Exactly. It's a full on pipeline. Yeah. And that's the big picture of it too. We have Texas local kids. You take care of them on that level. That's recruiting and marketing in itself. Yeah. It speaks for itself. The whole thing. You you take care. And now one of our best running backs, B. John, he's an Arizona kid, but he he was, he was, if you're going to go get an Arizona kid, get a five-star. That's my point. But the Texas folks, the, the trickle down effect from a marketing standpoint that I think it's, it's a no brainer to, to our Longhorn brand. Our brand's great. That's not going to change. Actually, I'll take that back. We, we go to the SEC and get embarrassed that that could change. Our brand's taking a little bit of a hit. It's taking a little bit of a hit. And I just know those schools are light years ahead of us in handling this level stuff, the NIL stuff. And yeah, we, we better catch up. Mm-hmm. Well, we also we don't want to secure five star recruits to help 
us get Texas back, right? We want we want five star recruits that are coming from out of the out of Texas, out of the Texas area, to be coming because they want to be in that pipeline, like we're talking about with Quinn in that Ohio State pipeline, like, mm. I, which I feel like for us in years past, and part of that is just it's a testament to not winning enough, right? Mm. Like once we win enough, then we establish that they're not coming here to change our culture, but to be a part of it and already existing winning culture, which let's get to it. There's already, there's, there is one thing. Like, I mean, I saw like Derek King who's a quarterback from Miami. Who's signed an NIL deal with the Florida Panthers, which wild. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a professional team. He is working with something where the top guys, such as himself on the team, some of the money gets distributed to other guys. My, my whole big worry for the NIL, honestly, and it's not even come to fruition yet. <clears throat> was what's going to happen when certain guys in the locker room are making a mill and certain guys in the locker room are making nothing. That to me, I don't know. Like it just changes or what's happening when an 18 year old kid or a 19 year old kid is getting paid X amount of dollars and they have no financial advisor in place. There's not a good enough system in place where that could kind of tear them apart. I mean, and this is weirdly enough, this is speaking from experience. Like I had a, when I went to school, I had a stipend. It was like whatever, 12, it was 1200 dollars a month or a semester they'd give me. And I didn't know, like I had no financial bearings. Like I, one semester I was like, really took poor care of it. And I was like, Holy smokes. Like it can go like, it can go like Shaq's talked about how he spent yeah. a million, Shaq spent a million dollars in a day once. I was about to say, a can, couple of Jordans or something and had that money go um, real fast. The light, yeah. That light blue is a nice color, man. Like I've seen, I've seen that on stock X. I'm like, Oh my God, $400 in the firm. I can figure that out. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know that's me today. Like it's, it could go really quickly. So I, I will say, I hope, yeah, we get an advisor in place to help them get the deals, but I also hope we do get somebody in place to help them keep the money and help them because that'll go a long way too, down the line. So two things on that. There is a five or six hour financial literacy component to the legislation. Yes, um, there is that. So that even how to implement that is still up in the air. Um, I, I don't know that the schools are, are, are compliant yet to that. And, and that's going to be a work in progress. It, what I found out about this thing is it is a, a moving target, but that that's not going to change. So there's some people I do know that that's going to knock that out of the park and try to help. And that's a, that's a great point. It, it's kind of wild from a, everybody, the different, the disparities in money, that's just kind of how the locker room is. I mean, it, it's no different yeah. than in the NFL. Lyman don't very often get, in front of the camera <laughs> let's be real right. that's why local radio we would take Lyman because we thought it was good we gave him some some camera or some some voice time interview time but truly in that camera and heck we had Longhorn Network and it didn't get Lyman very much so it's, a, it's our own network and it so I don't know that guys worry about that piece of it as much um if you're like King and you're cool enough to trickle some of that down that's pretty cool that, that's that's that, that's really awesome. Actually, I didn't know that he did that, but guys, you know, um, yeah. It, and, and that's, that's kind of life. I honestly think I want them to go through that in a more or less realistic way, because that is real life. Okay. I'm in my office today and everybody in this office doesn't make the same thing. And, and for, for whatever it, it is, true. We, we need to, we need to teach you some real life things here. <laughs> and, and quite frankly, especially if you're not winning, everybody's not going to get to the league. So this may be an opportunity to earn a little bit of something to do something on that level to help. So I, I get what you said. And that, that question has been answered, but I think truly in the locker room, 
you know, some people are going to have, I think that that can be fixed culturally. Um, if, if you win enough, more opportunities come, right? For um, sure. And, and, and that, that stuff that'll fix itself. Um, I know Alex said earlier about the winning. Maybe some of this is because we haven't won as much. My talk, my thought to that is maybe because we're not buttoned up on this level, it's factored into us not winning as much. Uh, I, I feel like the little things about the game, just culturally and, and, and really historically, feeds to continued win and success. I, Coach Brown, he saw our best. You have to be consistently good to be great. And maybe yeah. these little things that we have missed on being consistently good at is why we haven't been as great in the last you know few years, gone through several coaches and all that stuff. What do you see at practices? I mean, you, see, you were at practice this past weekend. What are some of the differences you've seen? Were you at? Were you no, at? Practice today, man. Your practice today. I went oh, today. Actually, okay. I was gonna oh, go heck yeah. Weekend, but yeah, I, it's funny. They were in shells, so that I, I wanted to at least get a little bit of pads on those first couple of days. You're fresh. It's all yeah. good. Everybody's But they, 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 you know, it was cool because because of my radio deal, I've seen so many different coaching staffs. I was about to say, so, yeah. That's what's again. It's so weird because I go now. I'm like, oh, yep, yeah, yeah. Don't know his name yet. Oh, I do know him, and it's like relearning coaching sounds like crazy, which is never a good thing. Hopefully, these guys are here for a while. Not putting too much out there. It was good, man. Guys are fired up. Um, their attention to detail is very noticeably different. Um, the, the conversation. It was cool. I forgot the kid. He was one of our, our, our grad transfers. I actually heard him say this. Uh, he's like, coach. Coach me up. And, and of course, you know, the, the dialogue with the coach. And it was cool because he's like, hey, coach me up. I want to learn this. I, I want to get better. I did something wrong. Let, let's talk. Let, let's, I'm coachable. And um, it, we live in a different era of, of players now. They're, they're very different. I was talking yeah. to Huff, and then he don't care if I, we talk about this. And we were talking about a, a coach was yelling at him. And, and Huff's like, yeah, that's probably why I wouldn't really be Cuff is so soft-spoken, super deep, but he's like, I'm, that player not screw up enough. And he was talking about his experience with Akina. He said, if Akina had to yell at you, that means he's already coached you for once in a calm way. That means your leaders, your teammate, because we police every position very differently and really between ourselves. And then that means one of your teammates corrected you. And then it got to the point where you still made that mistake. Then Akina's going to cuss you out. And so it was just cool to kind of talk about that piece of it in a different era that these guys are. And I just hope culturally uh, they get back to that perspective. That And I, I heard, um, I forgot which kid on the radio locally, talk about them now being way more player-led. I, I could see that out there. And it was really cool. And, and I love that piece of it. That's what we were. And so... It's some notable, noticeable differences. And last but not least, I say this every year, talking about recruiting, talking about players. Dude, the look test, they, I was like, these freaking kids, I got to go to different parts because they're so freaking big. They're massive. The, we passed the look test. Good. We I'm have sure. some monsters out there, man. We always do. Collins, all these dudes. Collins so if beast. we can get right between here, and I know Sark is all over that, I think we, we, we could have success and change some things on the field. I'm curious to know if like what, how much changes in coaching staff changes, you know, cause you, you were with Mac Brown your entire time. I was with Chuck strong for a little bit, but like, I don't know what it looks like from no. you know, 
sophomore or junior's perspective to switch over to a brand new coaching staff, like in terms of like the practice schedule and, you know, the workout regiments, like there's a ton that changes, right? Yeah. Oh man. It's, and and even because I've seen them all now, it's so funny because I went to different NFL teams and there wasn't a whole bunch of change, right? Some may go pads more, some may hit more, but it was kind of structured the same. It's wild to me on a collegiate level, how insanely different they all are. But it's little things like, I think I saw more special teams practice in 30 minutes than I did in four years, you know, and and, 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 and I'm talking the attention to every, one of the coaches was yelling at a young guy about missing this block. And I heard, the, I heard the, the guy go, coach, I got him the second time. And I love the coach's response. He said, there's not going to be a second time in the game, partner. You have to get this right, right now. That sense of urgency is so cool. To, to hear them getting coached up on that level, even at the special teams, because we, golly, we've been so rough outside of, you know, Deshaun <laughs> making some plays occasionally. We just haven't been very consistent. And, of course, Cameron's great. You know, he kicked ball country mile. But I just know at every – those little things we talked about are being paid attention to. And it's super early, so it's early in camp, you know, my, the little practice I went to. But it, it, it's very different. And, and honestly, I, I it's going to be different when you're the head coach and you call the plays. And so all of those little things like that was just structurally different. And it, it was cool to see. And, and I, I got fired up. I, I tell you that just kind of watching and, and watching the demeanor. It, it, it felt way more. It, it was a, just a different era of focus. You know, I, I know a couple of years ago in, in the last little regime, there's times I was out there and I was like, I'm hoping this is organized chaos. And, and, and there's a method to the madness, but no, it, it was very, um, very intentional, uh, coaching like crazy, every position. And like I said, man, we got some, we got some dudes out there. We, we have some dudes. Competition is, is heavy to so say the least about certain positions and, and everybody's looking good. I mean, you, you don't. Got, you got four smiles on the, on all our faces right now. I know, I know. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, well, like the, the there's special teams coaches that get head coaching jobs, yeah. and every but everyone's yeah. like, oh, I don't understand that. Like, I don't understand like these like like Harbaugh's gotten a job. Like, you know, it's like, and there's some like just as the prime example, and he's obviously had an amazing career with the Ravens. I'm about to say the Ravens are pretty freaking good, and he drafts special team guys, and he he, he has a Super Bowl, he has appearances, he won a like it's freaking. And by the way, the NFL game, statistically, I think like 77%, 76% of them are won by less than a touchdown or less. Mm-hmm. So those field goals, that field position, it's a pretty big deal. Oh, yeah. So every game's going to come to a, a touchdown or a field goal. It's why it needs to be that important. So yeah, and the Chiefs, I, I they got one of the best to ever kick a football on their team, so. <laughs> Yeah, it's the, the unbiased. We got to say that unbi- unbiasedly, we could say that on it. I think that's like the one thing. Like, oh, yeah, there's no doubt that he's Longhorn or not. He's just absolutely the goat of kicking. But I mean, from a special team standpoint, it's like even the like Saban. Like we talk about Saban a bunch. Like Bama never makes mistakes. If you're making a mistake on special teams, that means you're making a mistake on fourth down. If you're making a mistake on fourth down, like I'll never forget one of the one of the worst Texas fan, fan moments I've ever had. Oklahoma State. I think it must have been when I was maybe 2015, 2016. 
we are punting to Oklahoma state and it's like a 10 yard punt and we give them excellent field position. They go and score and they win the game when we're at home. And it's just like that little mistake, like any kind of penalties, like all that is just like disciplined football. And like, like in the past, if you're hoping it's controlled chaos, it's like, look, we all love the cool, fun uncle, but like when the cool, fun uncle is like watching the kids for like three days, it's dope. When he's watching the kids for a week, it's like, all right, after a month of eating Oreos and like Lay's, it's like, what are we doing here? Like the kids are we're inside playing video games. Almost only so much Mountain Dew we could have. I mean, it's just, you know, that we need, and you need like a, nowadays in sports is player oriented. You got the players have to have a voice that has to be on their shoulders more so, more so now than ever. I mean, the NBA, I think, has really done the job there of like making it a player focused league. And the, the voice of the player is different than the voice of the player was 10 years ago, which is infinitely different than the voice of the player was 20 years ago. Um, giving these kids, if we're looking for giving these kids money, we might as well give these kids a voice too, you know, and like, <laughs> right. and like and let them grow up real well. Yeah. Um, well, even I want to say something about now versus before. Yeah. And not to pounce on our previous coach, but the whole, I don't talk to kickers. Well, we, we know because their inconsistency tells us that you can't have that perspective and expect perfection or even consistently good units. And you don't even talk to them. You're, you're almost belittling them from the jump saying that publicly. So that's not the case anymore. It's, it's super. That's why our special teams coach um, is Banks. Is, is he got broke off because oh, he's one of the best in the nation. The value of, of what that's going to do and those little things just get you fired up about what this team can be. Mm-hmm. I think. I mean, anyone who's ever played on a team in a team sport capacity, whether it's high school or college or professional, like the coach is crucially important. They really are in defining the identity of the team. But at the end of the day, like I love my high school basketball coach, but did he empower every single player on that team? No, he didn't. He empowered me and I was the the team captain. And so then it, it was beholden upon me to empower the other guys because those are your guys that you're going through the trenches with. And it's the same thing. Like, I feel like I loved Charlie Strong's like identity that he tried to just kind of put onto our team. And he had a lot of pushback from the higher ups as well, which did not help. Right. And it was kind of like mixed messaging going on. And then, you know, and then we get with Tom Herman and I feel like there was kind of a lackadaisical nature and he didn't, oh, he clearly didn't even, you're right. He didn't even want to communicate with some of the team, play, with some of the players. Insanity. And it's like, you have to be really intentional, but you also have to really establish who the leaders on the team are. And like that Miami kid, Josh, that you're talking about, I love that. I love yeah. that out of a guy who's We're giving to his other down. That's yeah, the tri- so much for their culture and for that team. And our guys don't have to do it, but guys do have to step up where if the coach isn't going to hold them accountable, their teammates are right. Like that's just so important. And I think it's something that we've really lacked where it's like, it's college. Like we can rely on our coaches to really set the entire table for us. And it's like, no, they can start it. Right. They can, they can put down, I'm going to Josh analogy here. You can put down the, the tablecloth, but the guys have to put down the plates. They got to put down the fork, the knife and the cups, right? Like they have to be the ones who want to do it. And it's cool to see that that's, that's happening, at least from what you've witnessed in the early goings. Yeah, no, I mean, it it, it was sweet. And you can see the noticeable difference. And I think it's going to evolve as well, because this is, they went through spring, got got a taste of it. That's limited practices, you know, and that's a COVID spring. So 
shoot, they had four or five days that were they were in quarantine. So they're going to go through this one. They've taken care of business. And you can just, I, I guess, and, there, and some of these young guys over the years are now older too. So, man, they're like, golly, man. some of these cats, well, maybe if you're fifth, I guess, maybe a fifth year guy have had three coaches now. Yeah. And there's some on there. And with the yeah. COVID extra year, some of them, I think uh, our brewer, our tight end is yeah. fifth or sixth year, however long he's been here, but he, they have to be tired of that. And, oh, and, I, yeah. and so I can see the, like, we need to get to work. We need to take care of business kind of worth that ethic without giving it, like I said, it, talking about that piece of it, it's not trade secrets. It's just a different culture and way of going about their work. That is very noticeably different. Mm-hmm. And a guy like Kate as well, like, I mean, you're about to leave the program, so you want to make sure it's in the best hands possible. Well, and he is and the you're an Austin kid. Yeah. Austin kid, leaving a program. I mean, this, I mean, Cade, every bit, and, you know, going back to the NIL talk and money, quarterbacks are going to get more love. But mm-hmm. Cade is every bit of the same love, Westlake, Austin, all that Longhorn kid of Sam Ellen. You know, and Sam – we saw the pictures of, of him and as a baby and, and the burnt orange. Well, there's several guys on this team who have, feel the same way. I mean, um, yeah. um, card, I mean, Lake trap. I mean, we, we have some, we now for, for one, actually keeping a few of our, our local kids here, but we can do better in that department, but yeah, no, I mean, man, they, they, they care a lot about it. I thought that was the case with yours. You know, they said, they said that this is his dream school to go to when he committed to us at first, there was pictures of him in burnt orange and then he goes over to Ohio state. So and now it's starting to make a little more sense. It does. makes a lot <laughs> I mean, more sense. Think about that. When we started this thing talking about NIL and stuff like that, you're like, man. And, and really, we hear the rumors about, oh, well, Sark is coming now. There's not many better offensive minds out there than that, man. And there's some that are good. Clearly, that school up north has a good one. You know, let's be real. Ohio State does have a good one. But what he did and what he showed them after Alabama, you're like, well, shoot. Hey, they if I'm that quarterback, I'm thinking maybe, maybe I, I need to reconsider my dream school. I mean, his last two, the first round draft picks. Um, last two quarterbacks were first round draft picks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mac Jones, Tua. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so yeah. now you, it makes sense why he's like, all right, not only did he switch, shoot, he left a year early because of, I think, the conversation, them being very, you know, upfront and, and, and vocal about opportunities you're going to get and, and, Again, I, I it's funny because I, I usually dislike things that are true, especially when it doesn't apply to us because I'm clearly biased about the Longhorns. But the SEC, it means more piece of it. This stuff like this is where it doesn't mean more to those players on the field. Our guys want to win just as bad as anybody on any field. But where it means more is the other little things that correlates with it. The Aggies, it's funny, man. They hadn't won a ship since 39 but they sell out every freaking day. And by the way, the 39 one probably has an asterisk on it. They sell out every freaking weekend. It's before yeah. World War II. We don't count it. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> we, we haven't found the records, but that's where it does mean more when it comes to donors, fan base, alum, buying in, you know, it, it really investing back into these students and student athletes. So we better match it. We better, we better pick it up, so to speak, because mm-hmm. we're losing these amazing Texas kids. Because to a certain degree, it's meant more across the country. Right. Yeah. yeah. I will say while we're talking about these boys, I know you're there today, Quan, recording on Monday, releasing on Tuesday. Let's all round table real quick. We spoke about Bijan. We spoke about the quarterbacks. We hit Whittington. 
Any other guys you're really excited for to break out with Sark? Knowing what Sark can do and knowing the talent we have on this roster, everyone looking at the roster, is there a guy on the roster right now that maybe isn't, you know, the Bijan, the Thompson slash Carter, the Whittington that you guys are looking at? Start with you, Nick, to go to Quan, to go to Tossing, I'll close out that you guys are really loving. I mean, on defense, I'm definitely excited to see Collins play some more. I mean, just that bowl game that he had was insane. And I mean, I definitely did some research and all these coaches were saying that he's the biggest freak they've seen since like JJ Watt. So, I mean, if, if we can unlock some talent there where he becomes like a superstar, you know, top five draft pick in the NFL at some point, like that's going to create some chaos. Mm-hmm. That interception was sick, by the way. Amazing. One-handed pick. It was nasty. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like the, I can't having a defensive player go in the top five and like trying to rack my brain on it. I mean, we see other schools. We see obviously we see Bama do it, but we've seen other schools do it multiple times as well. Like LSU's gotten a couple guys in there in the top five. You know, I want to say I feel like Tennessee's maybe done it. Maybe you know, Eric Berry, but they've had it. They, a lot of other schools have had like since Huff. Huff was the seventh overall pick. Right back in you know it was 06, and I'm yeah. trying to rack my brain about it. we've had you know, other Rackpo, deep... Rackpo was 13, I think. Yeah, Rackpo was 13. The, I think Rackpo got uh the closest. Uh, what's my man, Malcolm Brown? What was late? Yeah, he was 32. Yeah, yeah. But Aaron Ross was in there. Ross, yeah. yeah, I mean, we've had we've had guys Griffin. obviously Griffin go in the first round defensively, but having like that, imagine that with that again, like we talk going back to the recruiting thing, it just like speaks for itself. You're sending a kid in the top five or you're sending a kid in the top five. You're sending a kid in the top five, unless it's like Wyoming or North Dakota state where it's like these guys are like, it's like that. Oh, there were zero star recruits. And next thing you know, they grew eight inches. And now they have the rocket arm. And it's like, how do we miss this kid? <laughs> we, we apparently see every year nowadays. Like where, like where was anybody on Trey Lance or Josh Allen, Carson Wentz? Like where, where are we doing on these guys? But having a guy like Alfred Collins, it's a great one. It's like, you know, on the defensive side is if he's, just on so many levels, if he's amazing, it just changes the program. It changes the defense. You have that X factor. Like even like it's not like South Carolina was anything to like write home about, but they were the best they've ever been. Really with Jadavian Clowney when he was exactly. there, exactly. And he yeah. was like he won Play of the Year when he literally sent that guy back to before World War II with that hit. <laughs> <laughs> just, that was sick, dude. He would probably get kicked out of the game for that now, but that, that was, was the most savage hit ever. Oh, it was great. Yeah, uh, yeah. Every time one of my buddies like I could punch it in from the one yard line, I just sent that video. It's like, <laughs> no, it's like no chance. Yeah. And the same thing with Nadamik and Sue at Nebraska. Like you yeah. know, he was he was number one overall, and just like that changed that program. Two mm-hmm. overall, right? Two, he's two overall. Yeah, he's two. But he was like again, like he was like a Heisman candidate. Yeah, changed the program. Quan, what about you, man? Next factor. Man, mine's Jerry Wiley. Uh, you know, what we're going to have, even though Case is a little bit older, limited true game experience. We, we saw what we saw in the, uh, in the um, bowl game, but a couple of reasons. My bias, because I grew up in Central Texas, and Mr. Wiley's a 254 brother as well. <laughs> but two, again, the dude looks like Shockey out there. He's I'm huge. Like, Man, he's huge. He's, and what's crazy to me is Seven. even – Last year, he'd catch a ball for 40 yards, and we wouldn't see another catch for three quarters. I don't understand that. In the middle, and he's a beast. So I, I'm going to roll with him, man, because he really could be a, that matchup on a linebacker along with those receivers. Clearly, I'm biased about them. But that combination of, of all of that could be pretty freaking lethal. So I think Wiley is who I want to see break out. I want him to be all 
Big 12 All-American, all the above. And I think I mean, he has the physique to do it. And he, and he has that it factor. He he has some dog in him. I, I, I like I like the way he go about it. He's your prototypical NFL tight end. I mean, six yeah. seven, like he's listed at two fifty. I mean, that's like your Darren Waller, your your yeah. here, like Kelsey. or like a Kyle Rudolph, like you know, like I mean, Sark is the king of RPO in college football, and it's like, yeah, we have these other receivers who are speedsters and can burn you there. But once we get to the red zone, having that guy just you know hit the corner, oh, yeah. The fact that we didn't throw it to him in the well, we had this weird rotation thing going on, but that's. I got PTSD from some of the things that I watched for the last few years, but to get, how are we not tossing it to him or, or if we're not running Bijan. If we're not, you know, <laughs> schematically turn it up, just throw it to the guy. We had him and Epps last year. I'm like, put them both out there. Eagles so, too. It's like, yeah, you yeah, should dominate so that. Hopefully we're going to see a little bit more of that. Toss. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Quan, you mentioned Bijan. Obviously, like I think we're a little bit past the situations where it was like the Wisconsin days where they had those like stint of like three running backs in a row where they just ran them so hard into the ground. Like Bijan obviously is going to get his touches and he's going to get a, a heavy workload. But I think that it's going to be really important what Roshan and what Keelan Robinson bring to the table um, as our second and third backs. And I just Roshan has to be really productive when he gets in there. And he has to, I, I want it to be what I'm envisioning is that like, like we've talked about these other programs like Alabama, Georgia. who I think at this point we've talked about them, we've talked about them too much, but like when their backup comes in and he runs for 170 yards, right? Like <laughs> yeah. I want to see that sort of productivity from Roshan. And, and I think Keelan has a really great opportunity to get limited touches, but he is explosive and I'm really looking forward to him hitting gaps and just being when your second and third string running backs can be just as much of a, of a problem in a different way than your first string, like we're really going to be dialing on all cylinders. Yeah, absolutely. And you bring, bring up, you bring up Roshan and Roshan is one of my favorite players we've had in a minute. And simply because he wasn't brought in to be the running back, selfless. let alone the backup running back. Super selfless. It's, he, I, I was reading, ironically, I was reading an interview, like in an article today that, that he had, and he just got to tell people I'm a football player, whatever they need me to do, I go do, and I make sure we get the win kind of thing. And that's like what you need out of the backup running back. It yeah. is number five show, and we all know it. We'll say it today. We'll say it next show. We'll say it hopefully throughout the season. But Roshan has proven time and time again that when he's got the ball in his hands, he's going to do whatever he can to make the team win. And he's a great number two guy. He's a great guy to have as a backup. And we do, or we are going to need that guy to supplement Bijan because we can't run him into the ground in the first few games. And he is a sophomore. So he's automatically back as a junior. And yeah, you want to have the ball in his hand as much as possible. But look what happened to Fournette. Like they ran Fournette into the ground at LSU. Right. And he started feeling the effects way before he got to the NFL. Yeah, he was the fourth overall pick, but he started feeling those effects at, at spots when he's a sophomore and he's a junior. So having protecting Bijan a little bit, understanding that, yeah, you want to win this year, but you want to win next year too because you, you plan on being the program even better, right? If you go, we are going to the SEC next year. We want to be, you want to have that running back to play that smash mouth football that you may need at times in those defensive battles. And having Roshan is just going to be massive this year. I think it's a great one. Oh, and what we used to do as well, Roshan playing that role is going to be huge, but Roshan, I, I think last year he was a part of the kickoff return team, and then yeah. he's going to be a part of the kickoff team. I think it's time to put starters or certainly second teamers in special teams where they make a massive impact, massive yeah. impact. So 
I know he has that mindset and even going along with that quote, he can just be so big. Put Roshan as, you know, the, the, the guy, the quarterback of the punt team. What can you do from a fake standpoint? You're always a threat. Those little things matter. And then him go down there and knock somebody's head off on kickoff or whatever. So, yeah, I love him and right there with you, man. One of my favorite Longhorns. He gets it on, on a Longhorn level. And I think I think we're going to see a little bit more. I think he's going to do his thing like he always has. Yeah, so every, every time he gets in the game is great. I'll throw out a uh, freshman, some cool freshmen coming in. Xavier Worthy, the speedy Xavier Worthy. I look at our coach. I look at Ruggs. I look at Devonta. I look at Judy. I look at the rock, paper, scissors game they used to play to see who plays the position that catches the touchdown, speeding down the line, and I look at that guy. I look at that guy. I mean, Moore is getting obviously a lot. He's going to be our number one. But there's no doubt in my mind that Xavier Worthy can come in there with the speed and really just do some damage in the RPO. Well, and that's the thing. People have questions about the receiver room. And I'm like, man, we stay healthy. We, 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 got, some, we got some dudes. You know, Joshua Moore can make plays. He's showed that time and time again. Jordan Whittington, we are, we are all on the edge of our seat, ready to see him break out like he needs to. Um, and, and so, yeah, man, we can go down the list of guys who can get it done. Troy Romero, I mean, he's one that I would, if Amir, I yeah. tight in, I was going to say big 2-1, which is still so funny as a receiver number. But if it wasn't him, I was, dude, the, the guy looks like a, a Under Armour mannequin. Like, he looks the part. He's huge. He's pretty yet. I mean, I think he took a picture on Instagram next to DeAndre Hopkins, and he was morphed on DeAndre. And I'm like, I knew you were big, but bro, you, you, and he can go. He's, he ran a hundred at a 10, three or something like that. Jesus. So I, we got some dudes over there. Well, some lot of exciting offensive players. We'll get into a bit more defense. Nick threw out some defense this week. We'll get into some more defense next week. And obviously uh, start breaking down what we're seeing at practice a bit more as word comes out. Gentlemen, let's hope we get this NIL situation in better shape by, <laughs> by the time we meet again next week. Uh, but always a pleasure. Quan, Nick, Alex, and myself. Thank you for taking a listen with us and get those horns up, baby. It's the Horns Up Podcast, Talking Texas. Hook them. Hook them. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.